What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. You're listening to Winning Cures Everything. Game day, baby. Wake up or get out. Here's your host. A confident young man. A superb athlete. Gary Seegers. Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything. That's right. That's right. It is the Thursday, October 12th edition of the show. I am your host, Gary Seegers. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at GaryWCE. Hopefully everybody's having a wonderful Thursday. we got a lot to discuss today. Uh, 20 games that we're going to go over for week number seven. Uh, and I forgot to write down my record. You, you can go and look in the description. I've got a link there. You can look and see uh, how these picks have done thus far this season. I know we're above 500. I know that. And I'm picking a lot of games every single week. So make sure that you go and check those out. Uh, if you would like, again, you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at GaryWCE. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, the show is at Winning Cures. That is me. Very easy to find, of course. Uh, along with that, you want to support the show? Go to buymeacoffee.com slash winningcures. That's the easiest way to do it. Uh, I actually post all of my projections over there. So every week, I just post up what my projections are going to be, and uh, and they're right there, or at least some of them, right? I've, I've got a couple of different models that I use, which you will see today. Uh, along with that, what else? Oh, yeah, if you want to follow my plays, you can do that on Telegram. You can follow me, Gary WCE, on Telegram. E- easy thing to do. Go to your browser, uh, t.me slash Gary WCE. Very easy to do. You can do it on your phone. Uh, let's see. We've done the socials. We've done coffee. We've done Telegram. Ah, yes. Three Dog Thursday is coming up right after this with TJ Reeves. Uh, he's got uh, Tyler Jones on with him today. And uh, let's see. The Bet U.S. College Football Show. Every Tuesday and Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. There's a link in the description. You can, of course, Get signed up for that. Uh, got a couple of guys in the chat. Nate is already in. Uh, Bill jumped in wanting to talk about UCLA. Uh, let me tell you, I, I like the under in that UCLA game. Um, not gonna, not gonna spend much time on that today. <laughs> uh, Derek said I put my bank account on Washington State last week. Lost it all. Hey, that was not the recommendation that I gave you. I told you if I had to choose the side, I would go Washington State. But um, it seems in the Pac-12. Whoever the home team is, that's probably who you need to ride with. Just saying. Just tossing out there. All right. Let's get after it. Of course, again, the record is uh, in the link in the description, so go ahead and check that bad boy out. But let's start off with... Let's start off with a Friday night game. Boom. And uh, we'll get that out of the way. Let's see. All right. Memphis hosting Tulane. Memphis is a four-and-a-half-point home dog. Total of 55 on this. It's Friday, 6 p.m. on ESPN. My season-long number has Tulane favored by 2.41. What I like to do once we get to this point in the season is look over the last four weeks, okay? And that has Tulane favored by 4.65. My power rating season-long has Tulane by about two points. Okay, so let's go ahead and start kind of scrolling through this to see what the issue is. Uh, Memphis might be able to hang around if they can throw the ball on Tulane's defense, okay? And it looks like they're probably going to be able to have some success. Memphis number 45 in passing success rate. Uh, Tulane on defense number 81. 
The Havoc rate, though, is where there's an issue. Tulane, number 12 over the past four weeks in Havoc created on defense. Memphis, number 77 in Havoc allowed. So that's going to be a problem. Memphis not going to be able to run on Tulane's defense, so we can go on and toss that out. As far as Tulane's offense, they're going to be able to do basically whatever they want to. This Memphis defense looked lights out the first couple of weeks of the season. Since then, uh, when they started playing Navy, yeah, it's been a little bit different. It's been a little bit different. Um, let's see. Derek wanted to know what are my thoughts on the uh, on the under. So, yeah, like mine, I've got it way, way under. Now, let me go on and tell you. These projections on these totals, not great. But uh, if I had to go a certain way, I don't think Memphis is going to be able to score a lot. And Tulane, which you can see here, they uh, they like to run the ball a lot. So, I think you're going to get a lot of moving clock. Uh, they, I mean, they're number 24 in rush rate right now. I think you're going to see, uh, I think you're going to see a lot of moving clock. That's what I think you're going to see. We'll go on and pull this up so you can see the entire thing if anybody wants to uh, screenshot it or whatever else. But yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, under 50, let's see, at last I saw it was 55 uh, at a couple of different places. And Derek's saying under 54 and a half. 55 is a key number. If you can find a 55, I'd probably take that. Probably do that. So, uh, so let's let's move off that. If I had to go a certain way here, I think that I would go Memphis at home weeknight dog. So that's uh, that's what I'm going to put on the sheet. I don't feel great about it because I mean I'm right on the number, but this is somewhat of a pick'em show, so I will take Memphis plus the four and a half there. Moving along, and I got to pick up the pace already. I'm already behind. I'm trying to keep this to about an hour. Probably not going to happen. Fresno heads to Utah State. Uh, Utah State, a four and a half point home dog. And look, uh, total of 56 on this. It's Friday, 7 p.m. Uh, Central on CBS Sports Network. Central time, God's time zone, of course. Season long numbers have Fresno by 6.25. If you look over the last four weeks, Fresno minus 10 and a half. However, this does not account for Mikey Keene potentially being out here, and it also doesn't account for the spot. Utah State playing at home. Look, the elevation difference between Laramie and uh, Logan, Utah, is like 1,200 feet. Even still, that's a, this is not a good spot. Fresno, on a short week after playing in altitude last week in Laramie, Wyoming, now they got to go play in Logan, Utah, where... Laramie is like 7,200. Logan is like 6,000. It's still altitude. It's a short week, and now you got a backup quarterback for Fresno. So this number went from six down to four and a half. Uh, The last four weeks, again, the stats have Fresno State favored by 10 and a half. Power rating on the entire year, I've got Fresno by about eight and a half, which you can see up here at the top. I, okay, let's break this down. Fresno's defense looks fantastic. However, you got to pay attention to who they've been playing. Number 116, strength of schedule. Okay, Wyoming was easily the best team that they have played, and that includes the the P5 teams, right? Uh, But these numbers have Purdue already out of there. Uh, It starts in week three is what these numbers do. So that includes Arizona State, but that was a very, very beat-up version of Arizona State. So these numbers may be a little bit skewed. Even still, 
while I hate the spot for Fresno, I do think that I would, I'm going to ride Fresno minus the four and a half. I think the numbers dropped enough. Um, coming off of a loss, Jeff Tedford seems to find a way to win some of these games. And Utah State makes enough mistakes that, that I would trust Fresno to be able to get this done. So uh, looking at, let's see, penalties per game, turnover margin. Like You see this number here. That is Utah State's number for giveaways per game. They're number 114 in the country. They give the ball away at least two times a game. They take the ball away 2.33 times per game, so the turnover margin number is pretty good. The issue is Fresno really good at taking the ball away, and they do not turn it over. Now, are they going to turn it over if Logan Fife is the quarterback? That's the question. Five factors heavily skew Fresno State here. Um, First half and second half point margin skews Fresno State. I tend to believe that Fresno is going to be able to cover this number. So, uh, yeah, give me give me Fresno. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Fresno minus four and a half. Uh, that's what we're going to roll on this one on Friday night. Don't know if I feel great about it, but again, this is a pick'em show. So situationally, not great for Fresno. Numbers wise. Great for Fresno. Backup quarterback, not great. Eh. Do with that what you will. Do with that what you will. Okay. Carrying on, another Friday night game, and we are moving to the Pac-12. Stanford at Colorado. Colorado is currently, let's see. Da-da-da. Pull it up on your screen. Colorado currently an 11-point favorite, total of 59.5. This one's 9 p.m. on uh, ESPN, Central Time, of course. Full season has Colorado minus 11.85. Okay, like I guess I can get that. Stanford, you see all the red on the screen. That's certainly not great. But, again, they've had, you know, injured quarterback, injured players, whatever. They apparently are going to be getting some of those back this week. Uh, got some of them back last week, from what I understand. Eh, okay, they're still not great. I mean, look at the, the five factors rank. I mean, this is just, this is just putrid. Like, <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty mind blowing. Pretty mind blowing. The turnover margin, um, everything other than penalties per game seems to skew Colorado here. So let's look at the last four weeks, and here we'll pull it up on the screen so that everybody can see the full thing. I've got Colorado minus nine point seven three. Uh, full season, I've got Colorado power rated eight points better. So that would explain why the number has come down just a touch, uh, down to 11. It's a Friday night standalone spot. This is one of the games that you have to get if you're Colorado if you are going to make a bowl game. And it sounds like Travis Hunter is going to be back for this game. Net points per drive, that totally skews, um, that totally skews Colorado. I, yeah, I know it's 11. I think Colorado probably going to show out on Friday night. That's that's my thought process here. I think that they're going to show out here. Um, there's a, there's just not a lot of stuff that skews towards uh, Stanford. I like the Ashton Daniels kid, but in this situation, I think you're going to be able to hit some long balls on uh, Stanford's defense. Uh, you know, they're number 130 in passing explosiveness. That's not what you want to be with Shador Sanders on the other side. So... Even if they do 
score some points on offense, I still think that Colorado can win by two touchdowns. So that is the direction that I'm going to go there. Give me Colorado minus 11 on that one. Next on the board, and we move to Saturday morning, okay? Uh, We have Syracuse at Florida State. Florida State, a a 17.5-point favorite. And what time is it? 11 a.m. on ABC. Pull it up on the screen here. My numbers have Florida State by 17.19 for the full season. Uh, For the last four weeks, I've got Florida State minus 19.28. Syracuse is injured. They are beat up. They have got some rough stuff going on. Uh, You saw it last week against North Carolina. I still think that Florida State is a better team than North Carolina. They may not have a better quarterback, but I think they're a better overall team. The issue that you're running into with Florida State is they've already got the hardest part of their schedule out of the way. So, I mean, what are we looking for, right? Like, are, are they wanting to blow out teams? Do they want to? Maybe they do come out in this situation and try and gain back a little bit of that national respect because they've let some of these teams hang around that probably shouldn't. Syracuse, over the last four weeks, has just been eh, not good at all. They got demolished by North Carolina last week. And on offense, a big part of that is because they got nobody to throw the ball to. And, you know, Garrett Schrader, of course, dealing with whatever it was he was dealing with, um, even still... I don't know that they're going to be able to run the ball on Florida State's defense. It's not that Florida State's great. It's just that when teams know that they can key on that part, that's what they're going to do. So, you know, you look at points per game. You look at uh, the five factors. Everything skews Florida State here. Uh, Over the last four weeks, Syracuse has taken a drastic drop, which, by the way, you can see the drastic drop here. The PPA margin, they're number 88 over the last four weeks. Um, if you include the the first two games of the season, Syracuse number 53 in PPA margin. So that shows you how much things can change uh, in with just a couple of weeks taken out, right? So in Florida State, too, number 41. I mean, they dropped to 41 from 26 in PPA margin. Uh, but yeah, Syracuse down to number 88 PPA margin. It has gotten worse. Uh, I don't think it's going to get any better anytime soon. So yeah, that's uh, that's the way I'm going here. Give me Florida State. Minus the 17 and a half. Big number, but um, but I think that Florida State's starting to hear the noise, right? They're starting to hear how people don't really uh, respect them as a national title contender. I think they'll show out a little bit. I think they will show out just a touch. Next up, staying in that same time slot, Indiana takes on Michigan. Michigan, a 33-point favorite with a total of 46 on this game. Uh, baby, that is ridiculous. Um, man. Okay, 11 a.m. Central Time, God's Time Zone on Fox. And okay, let's let's pull it up on the screen. Who? Let's see. I've got Michigan full season favored by 46.46. Let's look at the last four weeks. Yeah, that number went up. Uh, you see, Indiana. Number 119 PPA margin in the first, like, well, for the whole season, and it's dropped. Even from 119, it has dropped over the last four weeks. Uh, They have gotten progressively worse, and Michigan, um, yeah, they dropped off. PPA margin, they were number one for the full season over the last four weeks. They're number two. That's the way it goes. Offense, 
PPA per drive is number 14 now. It was number six. Uh, look, this is a weird spot. It's an early game. Uh, Michigan has got, uh, man, they got nobody, really. This is not a look-ahead spot or anything like that. This is just, huh. I, I, the number has come down. I think it was like 35 uh, just a couple of days ago. It's down to 33 now. Is there a reason? Well, I mean, I know that Indiana historically has played uh, Michigan pretty tough, but yeah, I just don't know how Indiana stays in this ballgame. I don't know how they're going to score. So while I need Michigan to beat this team by five touchdowns, if I had to lean a certain way, I think that's the way I'm going to go. So, I, yeah, I think, I think I'm going to take Michigan minus the 33 here. Uh, I'd feel better if it gets down to like 32. Uh, that's one of the the key numbers, 30, 31, 32. But even still, so long as it's under 35, I think that's probably the way that I would go. Uh, Michigan, look look at the. Here's what we need: drives per game. Michigan averages 9.5 drives per game. So, say you give up a a goofy whatever touchdown, special teams or something happen, you know, whatever kickoff return, something. Say you give up one touchdown to Indiana. That means on about 60% of your offensive drives for Michigan, you have to score a touchdown. Now, they've been doing that. I mean, you see points per scoring opportunity. They're number 18 in the country, 4.85. They get inside the opponent's 40-yard line. See scoring opportunities per game. They get inside the opponent's 40-yard line 6.75 times per game. That's number 25 in the country. But man, that's hard to do. Uh, but yeah, like they've been incredibly efficient. Number five, PPA per rush. Number five, PPA per pass. Great. And like number three, offensive success rate. Uh, standard down rate. They're number two in the country. Like 80% of their plays are standard downs. One, first or second down, right? Uh, or third and short or whatever. Yeah, I'm going Michigan. Michigan minus 33 on that one. The numbers, love them. Absolutely love them. All right, uh, do me a favor, like the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. I'm trying to get to 10,000, and it looks like we're going to get, we're really close. We're at 9.77 thousand right now. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, let's see. Bill said uh, under 54 and a half in the UCLA game. Yeah, that's the way I would go. Kenneth, uh, you're my best friend. Keep it going, brother. God's time zone. Gary, Riz- Ed, that's not original. That's not. Let me let me tell you. Stephen Godfrey started that long time ago. God's time zone. Uh, but yes, I have continued the tradition. Uh, Mike said FIU was awful last night. Come on, guys, need to regroup. Yeah, they had every opportunity in the world to get that win last night, and they just looked off. And and again, this was very much that FIU game, very similar to that Wyoming Fresno game last week. Wyoming's quarterback had the game of his life in only the second quarter last week against Fresno. And last night, this new quarterback, McCollum or something like that, McCullough, whatever his name was, for uh, UTEP, who had not been playing, had the game of his life in the first quarter and then did nothing for the rest of the game. (laughs) Hit like three deep balls in that first quarter. Just absurd. Just absurd stuff that does not happen and yet... Here we are. That's why they call it gambling, I suppose. All right, again, like the video, share the video, subscribe to the channel, tell your friends about it, all the good stuff. 
All right, continuing on. Continuing on. Man, we got a lot to hit on. We got a lot to hit. Ohio State hits to Purdue Saturday morning, 11 a.m. Central Time on Peacock. Purdue, a 19-point home dog with a total of 50 and a half on this one. And let's see. Let's see what we got here. Ohio State by 29.82 for the full season. Now, I know what you guys want to look at. The last four weeks is 29.56 in favor of Ohio State. Uh, Purdue's offense can be slowed down. They can be stopped. So, if they can't score, that's going to make it really difficult for them to cover 19. Now, as I mentioned on the BetUS show before, Ohio State going to West Lafayette on a day when there is a solar eclipse that is supposed to happen in the middle of the game, that would terrify me if I am a Buckeyes fan. I've seen this script before. I've seen less than Purdue teams be able to have success against Ohio State. This is a look-ahead spot for Ohio State. They've got Penn State next week. Do I think that it's enough of a look-ahead and that Purdue is talented enough that I think that they're going to be able to stay within three touchdowns? Like, Maryland couldn't stay within three touchdowns. I don't, I don't care if the game is in West Lafayette. The numbers say that you should absolutely take Ohio State. So, for purposes of the Pick'em Show, and we'll, we'll pull it up here so that, you know, if you want to pause it and you want to look at some of these numbers, you certainly can. I will, uh, I will allow it. Because <laughs> I don't publish these numbers uh, other than right here on the show. And I appreciate you guys for watching. But regardless, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if there is anything that would make me think that Ohio State wouldn't have a ton of success. Purdue's pass defense is okay over the last four weeks, uh, but you got to look at who they've played. I mean, these numbers are skewed just because they played against Iowa, right? Like that. <laughs> uh, I, I just I don't see where I don't see where this goes for Purdue. So yeah, I'm going to ride with Ohio State to cover the 19 here, and we will stay. Of course, in the Big Ten and in that 11 a.m. hour, right down the times, of course. You know, i got to put chapters on this YouTube thing. Okay, Michigan State heads to Rutgers. Rutgers is a four-and-a-half-point favorite, total of 39 on this one. It's 11 a.m. Central Time on the Big Ten Network. And pull it up on the screen. This is what I have for the full season. If Rutgers is a four-and-a-half-point favorite, I have them favored by 5.29. Uh, that total of 39, I've got the total at 36. Again, I would not trust my totals numbers. My model is not great at that. I'm trying to figure that out. Uh, but regardless, I, I have Kyle that helps me out with totals if I need them, um, and he's fantastic at it. Rutgers, 118th in plays per game. Uh, Michigan State, number 77. Michigan State talking about swapping out quarterbacks, etc. The the defensive numbers for Michigan State are not bad. But you also have to look at who they've played, right? Um, Rutgers number 15 in strength of schedule, uh Michigan State number 60. Like that's uh, the fact that you're into week 7 and you're a Big 10 team and your strength of schedule is 60, uh that should tell you something. 
So let's look at over the last four weeks. And yes, Rutgers is a significantly better football team overall. The issue, though, is Michigan State's rushing defense still, over the last four weeks, number six in PPA per rush. Uh, They are number one in rushing explosiveness allowed. They are number 24 in rushing success rate allowed. But teams are only running the ball about 40% of the time on them. As you can see right there, uh, when your rush rate is, you know, 15th, which is 15th allowed, only 40%. Teams are throwing the ball all the time on these guys. Rutgers is not great at throwing the ball. They're number 124 in pass explosiveness. They are number 62 in passing success rate, but they only throw the ball 45% of the time. You see the drastic difference here? 54% rush rate to a 41% rush rate for the defense. I think Rutgers still going to have some success on the ground here. Uh, Stuff rate. Like, that's a massive indicator of whether or not you're really having success. They can't get stops at the line. Michigan State can't. So, uh, the simple thing, net points per drive, Rutgers is number 46. Michigan State is number 127. Uh, The net explosiveness? Like, Michigan State's offense is not explosive. Their defense can stop explosive plays. Uh, But if you're going to have a chance of pulling off an upset you got to be going against a team that allows explosives. And Rutgers is number one in the country in defensive explosiveness allowed. You're not going to be able to hit those big plays on them. Turnover margin, big time in favor of um, of Rutgers. Penalties per game, big time. This is a well-coached team, a really well-coached team. And Michigan State, uh, here's, here's what I would certainly look at. If you don't want to bet the whole game, if you can't trust Rutgers for a whole game, I understand. Look at the first half point margins, okay? Michigan State is number 125 in first half point margin. They get off to slow starts. Rutgers is number 38. They are plus 4.8. That's something to pay attention to. I would certainly look at Rutgers' first half, but I'm just looking Rutgers overall on the game. Uh, so give me give me Rutgers minus 4.5 here. I uh, I think I trust them. I think I trust them. All right, we're going to stay in the 11 a.m. time slot again. Write down our times, of course. Again, wasting time, wasting time. Georgia Southern heads to James Madison. James Madison, a six-point favorite, total of 58 and a half. And uh, it would seem like a lot of points for a James Madison game. But, you know, Georgia Southern, that air raid, yeah, uh, they're really good. I like what Davis Brennan's doing. It's 11 a.m. Central Time game, God's Time Zone on ESPN2. And let's pull up the numbers here. Uh, I think I still got the wrong. I do. I do. All right, let's close that. There we go. All right. My numbers have a much lower total. Again, do not trust these total numbers. Uh, my numbers love Georgia Southern for the full year. Let's look over the last four games. James Madison by .79 instead of .12 or whatever. Yeah, .12. Okay. Georgia Southern's defense is really good against the pass, and you can tell it because teams are still trying to do it, and the numbers are still good. Number 14 passing success rate allowed. Number 32 passing explosiveness allowed. Number 15 PPA per pass. Uh, You see James Madison on offense. Over the last four weeks, they're number 116 in passing success rate but they're number 12 in PPA per pass. Well, that's because they're number 49 in passing explosiveness. They can hit some big plays when they need to. Uh, the issue here is Georgia Southern is number 32 in passing explosiveness allowed. They do not allow big plays. 
Uh, same thing on defense. Even though Georgia Southern is not good at stopping the run, uh, first off, James Madison is not good at running the ball. Like the number 129 PPA per rush over the last four weeks. Uh, the number 128 in rushing explosiveness. Well, Georgia Southern doesn't allow big plays on the rushing side either. So they're number 125, or excuse me, number 51 in rushing explosiveness allowed. Uh, I don't see the advantage uh, other than, of course, James Madison's defense has been just lights out. The issue, I think, is going to be that, see, if teams throw the ball 70% of the time on James Madison, it's probably because they get up early. Uh, let's go on and pull this up so you can see the, the full thing here. The five factors thing is pretty close. Uh, the second half point margin actually skews towards Georgia Southern. Turnover margin, eh, whatever. Uh, Georgia Southern number 114 in giveaways. So, you know, if they turn the ball over a bunch like they did against Wisconsin, yeah, th- this thing's out the door. But anytime I see like Georgia Southern is number 16 in net explosiveness, uh, James Madison is number 123 which you can see right up here. I, I'm i going to side with Georgia Southern here. Georgia Southern beat them last year. I think they will I think they can beat them again this year. Uh, that's the way that I'm going to lean. I, I think that, I think there's enough advantages for Georgia Southern that they can stay in this ballgame. Uh, six points seems absolutely absurd. So, yes, give me, give me the Eagles, Gata, and I will, uh, I will ride with them even on the road here. 29 minutes and 40 seconds is where we are. Cal heads to Utah. Utah favored by 11.5, total of 45. It's 2 p.m. Central Time on the Pac-12 Network. And, of course, we got to pull up the numbers. And, uh, and look, I don't know if Cam Rising is going to play or not. I am frankly sick of playing this game. Kyle mentioned it on the BetUS show. Uh, we're just tired of trying to figure out who is going to play. And, I mean, Utah's just got dudes out everywhere. The issue is that Cal is going to... Uh, let's see, Justin jumped in. Is this your spreadsheet? Uh, yes, this is my spreadsheet. Uh, I... <laughs> I don't know what to make of this Utah team. I just have no idea, right? The offense is putrid, which I guess works out in Cal's favor because their defense has been putrid. Uh, Cal started a new quarterback, a third-string guy, that was actually really, really good last week. Uh, Cal's strength is running the ball. Of course, Jaden Ott is the running back there. Uh, He's fantastic. And this is full-season numbers. Have Utah favored by 13.36 over the last four weeks. Utah by 16.86, and that's because this Cal offense has slowed down a little bit, uh, especially passing the ball. So that's why these numbers have changed just a touch. Even still, with this offense, if it is, uh, what's the kid's name, Robinson, uh, or Robeson, whatever his name is, if it's that guy, I don't know how on earth Utah covers by double digits. Anytime Cal is an underdog, a lot of people bet that side just because of Justin Wilcox and his record as an underdog. I don't know if I can get there. This number has gone down a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I think I think the way that I'm going here, because I, 
there's no advantage for Utah on offense other than the fact that Cal's defense is really bad, and I kind of trust Andy Ludwig. But on offense, like, who are you taking? Jake Spavital or, you know, Kyle Whittingham's defense? Yeah, I think that's an easy answer. I think that's an easy answer. Uh, Derek said Cal is more explosive, I feel. Uh, potential upset alert. And and don't get me wrong, they are. Uh, they're number 29 in defensive explosiveness allowed, but on offense, over the last four weeks, they're number 101 in offensive explosiveness. I mean, that ain't great. Like, I... <laughs> That ain't great at all. Uh, yeah, I just... It, it, maybe maybe this number will give Cal an opportunity to break a couple of big ones, right? Uh, Utah, number 93 in rushing explosiveness allowed on defense. I don't know. I don't know. Man, I am torn on this one. Uh, Utah's at home. I'm going to take Utah. That's the way I'm going to go. These Some of these lines have... I mean, they are so tight, and the situational spots have gotten absolutely ridiculous this week. Just ridiculous. I do not have a ton of plays uh, this week that I really like, but for show purposes, I will take Utah to cover the 11 and a half. Oh, let me pull this up. If anybody wants to, of course, pause it. Uh, you can do so. But that way, you know, if you're a Utah fan, you want to see what these numbers are and whatnot over the last four weeks, be my guest. But I will take Utah to cover 11 and a half. All right, moving to the SEC, and let's uh, let's get this time written down. The Florida Gators head to South Carolina. It is October. That's right. South Carolina, a two and a half point favorite. That number has gone up from two. Total is fifty one and a half. It's two thirty p.m. Central Time on the SEC Network. And my friends, let's go on and pull it up. My numbers, freaking love Florida. Love them. Absolutely love them. But Billy Napier is 1-7 straight up on the road. So, <laughs> so how on earth are you supposed to bet on a team that can't win on the road? Like The Kentucky game, there were a lot of things that went Kentucky's way. I bet Kentucky in that game. Uh, Kentucky's great at home. But that was a three-point spread, and people were betting Florida... And now everybody wants to stay away from Florida because, oh, when when they went to Lexington, they looked terrible. Look, these are full season numbers that you're looking at right now. Florida minus eight is what the number would be. It, these offensive numbers for South Carolina are just absurd. Number 103 in Havoc, uh, uh, Havoc rate allowed. Um, number 71 passing downs PPA. Standard downs. I mean, they're not great. Standard down success, number 77. They can't run the ball to save their lives. They're number 120 in offensive line yards, number 110 in stuff rate allowed. But that's for the full season. So let's look at over the last few weeks. It's not really gotten better. Number 101 in stuff rate. Number 85 in offensive line yards. Florida's defense, actually a little bit better. And Florida's offense has gotten significantly better from the beginning of the season, right? So, you look at this, and then you look at this, and there are some things that certainly skew the right way. So, let's see. Overall season, Florida number 36 PPA margin. Over the last four weeks, they're number 44. South Carolina, number 96 PPA margin for the full season. Over the last four weeks, they're number 102. Their defense is 
terrible. And the biggest part of this is people only run the ball on them 45% of the time. But, man, they are number 111 in rushing success rate allowed, number 103 in PPA per rush allowed, but passing the ball. Like, they can't defend the pass. Number 98 PPA per pass, number 108 passing success rate. And this does not include the game against Drake May. I I like Shane Beamer, and I like the I like what he's doing there. My issue is I can't I can't trust him in this spot because I think that Florida is just a significantly better team. Just overall, talent wise, everything else. And I know that the the team strength number from uh from Nick over at CFB Winning Edge, I think it's very similar. But man, uh my numbers like Florida a ton here. So that is the way that I'm going to go. Uh, again, if anybody wants to screenshot it or whatever else to send to your buddies, you can do that. Uh, and yes, for those that... <laughs> Derek said your uh, uh, numbers love that under too. Yeah, uh, 51 and a half. They don't love it. I mean, it's I've got 49. But regardless. Regardless. So, going to take Florida on that one. Da-da-da plus the two and a half. Florida plus two and a half. Okay. Let me tell you about Ticket Smarter. Ticket Smarter is the smartest ticketing mobile app that you can get out there. You can also go to TicketSmarter.com. Let me tell you about the promo code. You use the promo code WCE10. That's WCE10. You're going to get $10 off of an order of $100 or more. Use the promo code WCE20. You're going to get $20 off of an order of $300 or more. You want to try and buy Tyler Tilder's tickets that went on sale yesterday or whatever? Two tickets are going to cost you over $300. It's just the way it goes. The best part about these promo codes, you can use them as many times as you want. It is not a one-time deal. It's not a sign-up bonus. It's not whatever. It's just anytime you want to use Ticket Smarter, you want to get 20 bucks off the order, easy to do. It is a third-party ticketing app. They have treated me well. I would imagine they will treat you well as well. So, Ticket Smarter is the way to go. Think smarter. Ticket Smarter. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything from t-shirts and jeans to sweatshirts and jackets. And of course, their legendary best hoodie ever. So you can fill your wardrobe with the pieces that will get you through your spring days, like the lightweight joggers and pullovers in the French Terry collection or the rich and polished premium Slub Crew tee. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, American Giant makes something that's sure to be your next closet go-to. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Find a closet staple for every part of your day at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use Staple 20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. All right. Continuing on. Like the video if you've not already. Subscribe to the channel. We've, we've got 13 likes and we've got way more people watching. Hit that like button for me. I appreciate you guys. All right. We got 10 more. So let's do this thing. Kansas at Oklahoma State. 
This one, a 2.30 p.m. Central Time game on FS1. Oklahoma State is a three-point home dog right after they won against Kansas State last week. The total is 55.5 on this one. And let's go on and, uh, and pull this bad boy up. Numbers love Kansas. Jason Bean is going to be your quarterback again for the fourth time this season. And he's been pretty awesome. He's been pretty awesome. Let's scroll down look at the offensive numbers. This is for the whole season, okay? Now, obviously, you want to look at the last four weeks. I don't see a difference. Wow, these numbers are exactly the same. Did I pull up the same thing? I might have. Oh, no. This is the one for the last four weeks. My apologies. Either way. Okay. <laughs> when you're a one-man operation, uh, things get complicated. They get complicated, okay? Give me a swig of coffee, and let's keep this show on the rails. Keep this thing on the rails. That's what we're going to do. Um, this Oklahoma State offense has been not good. Not good. However, after last week, after so many people hit money lines on Oklahoma State as a home dog, especially a big one against Kansas State, uh, I think that bookmakers wanted to make sure that they didn't get bit too much again, so they kept this thing at three. The issue is, I think Kansas is a significantly better team than Kansas State is this season. I think Kansas's offense, their coaching staff, can draw up plays with the best of them. So I, I trust that they are going to be able to get something done on offense here. Uh, Oklahoma State's defense has been okay. I just don't think that they can compete with Kansas. Uh, and on the other side, I don't know that they're going to score. Like It's not like Kansas's defense has been lights out, the number 97 PPA per drive on defense. I just don't see what Oklahoma State's going to be able to lean on when they really need yards, right? They're not great in passing down situations. They're not great in standard down situations. I mean, really not great at all. I, The best thing you can say about them is they don't turn the ball over. I guess that's good. So, you know, if Alan Bowman has another game like he had last week, maybe. But, eh, I, I don't feel great about it. So, yeah, this number is Kansas minus three. For some reason, people still believe that Jalen Daniels being down is a or being out is a massive downgrade, and it's just not. Jason Bean's really good. So I, I like Jason Bean here. I like what they're doing. Uh, give, me, give me Kansas to cover the three in Stillwater. Again, I know it's a road game, but I will, uh, I will trust Lance Leipold and company to get that one done. BYU heads to TCU, and I don't know if you guys saw this, uh, this Reddit thread about BYU players actually being vampires, <laughs> uh, but it is very interesting. Um, 21-0 straight up for BYU in their last 21 night games. And in the last, you know, 22 games where they played during the day, BYU is 12-10. and 10. This one is a 2.30 p.m. Central Time kick on ESPN. So, even though TCU is, you know, down to a third-string quarterback, basically... They're still favored in the game by six. TCU looked putrid. Absolutely putrid. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I d- <laughs> um, 
they, I mean, they were terrible against Iowa State last week. And and some of that had to do with the quarterback going out, but I'm, they looked terrible with the quarterback in. So, eh. Uh, so, yes, BYU, TCU. Uh, let's, let's pull these numbers up. My apologies. Uh, full season, I've got BYU by seven. Over the last four weeks, I've got BYU by ten. Okay. And it's tough to get to that point when you see that BYU is number 111 in PPA margin and TCU is number 40. Right, the TCU defense numbers look okay. Whatever, uh, BYU is incredibly explosive. Number five in uh, offensive explosiveness, they are number forty-six in defensive explosiveness. So they do not allow big plays, and they do create them really well. They're number nine in net explosiveness. Uh, TCU is number sixty. Defense pretty good at pre- uh, preventing big plays, especially passing the ball. Uh, but you see these rushing numbers. I mean, it's it's mind blowing that you could be that bad running the ball. Number 133 in rushing success rate in the last four weeks for BYU, and yet they are number two in rushing explosiveness. So, um, they can't get anything consistent going down to down, but they can create explosive plays. I, there's, this line stinks. It absolutely stinks. Uh, There's no reason why TCU should be favored by six points here, uh, unless... And, and you see, I mean, my gosh, penalties per game, turnover margin, uh, five factors uh, when you bring in talent. First, at, I mean, these teams are pretty even, even though the efficiency numbers are not great for BYU. And yet, TCU is favored by six, even with a third-string quarterback. Something stinks to me. So I'm going to take TCU. I have no reasoning for it whatsoever. There's not a single number that I can point to that really makes me think, with a third-string quarterback, that TCU should be able to beat BYU by a touchdown. And yet, that is the way that I'm going to go because I cannot figure this line out. uh, Derek jumped in. I had TCU last week. Um, I had no idea that they were down to their third-string quarterback and got burned. Uh, Well, they weren't down to it yet uh, until, you know, Morris got hurt in that game and whatnot. Uh, they just they just look terrible against Iowa State. Again, there's no reason they should be favored by six points here. This is wild. But I'm I'm still going to take TCU because I think this thing stinks. And uh, and hey, I all of these games that I bet, like all of these that I'm picking on the show, um, I don't know what just happened. That was very interesting. Did we lose internet? Nope, we're still good. Anyway, uh, all these games, I put 10 bucks on. So, I mean, it's like 200 bucks a week. I win more than I lose, typically. It, it's nothing much. Like, my bigger plays are my bigger plays for a reason. These are just whatever. So, again, do with that what you will. Okay? Don't go crazy with these picks. I'm just telling you what I would do. Moving along. Got to write the times down. We're going to the Big Ten. Iowa heads to Wisconsin. Wisconsin, a nine-and-a-half point home favorite here. Total of 34-and-a-half. That's right, Service Academy numbers. And we're at 3 p.m. Central Time on Fox. So, let's make sure that we've got our numbers ready to roll. And we do. Booyah. My number's like Wisconsin by 14.05. Now, that is for the whole season. Over the last four weeks, which team has improved... Well, that would be Wisconsin. Uh, you look at the full season numbers for Iowa, 
As you can see on the screen there, number 95 PPA margin for Iowa. And, of course, that comes from number 133 offense PPA per drive. Well, now they've improved the offense, but I think the defense has gotten worse. So, uh, yeah, defense has dropped from number 10 for the full season to number 19. I don't get me wrong. I'm I don't think that Wisconsin is great by any stretch of the imagination. However, Iowa with a third string quarterback or second string, whatever he is, right? Deacon Hill. Um, I I'm gonna go with Wisconsin to cover the nine and a half at home because this does not feel like a vintage Kirk Ferentz team. Now it's got all the same characteristics, right? The terrible offense. Number 131 PPA per pass. Number 117 PPA per rush. Uh, Rushing success. Number 106. Passing success. They're number 132. Overall offensive success rate. They're number 129. On the other sideline, Wisconsin can move the ball. Number 11 in offensive success rate. However, this Iowa defense, number 28 in defensive success rate allowed. But they're not really great at anything. Number 51 passing success allowed. Number 52, rushing success allowed. I I don't think that Iowa can hang in this game. Now, do I think that uh, this thing could end up going under the 34.5? Yeah, but that's got everything to do with the fact that I don't know that Iowa is going to be able to score on Wisconsin. Like my, my projection here, let's see, 28 to 10 roundabout. Okay. Like, could could you see that? That's an over. But instead of 28 to 10, could you see 24 to 10? Yeah. I mean, that's what the implied number is. Could you see Iowa only putting up a couple of field goals? Because, I mean, they didn't even score on Penn State. Now, do I think Wisconsin's defense is as good as Penn State? No. But numbers-wise, they're okay. Like, number 49 rushing success rate allowed for Wisconsin's defense. Um I mean, that's that ain't great. But at the same time, it's way better than Iowa, number 106 in rushing success rate. The, Iowa is not explosive as far as running the ball. They are explosive passing the ball. The problem there is Wisconsin's actually pretty good at stopping explosive passings or passing games, whatever. This is, I think this is easy, which might come back to bite me. But yeah, oh, wait, let's let's pull it up so that everybody can... Pause the numbers if they want to. These are over the last four weeks. I've had a lot of people that pause these YouTube videos and uh, and take screenshots. So, <laughs> so that's why I do this. Um, yeah, give me give me Wisconsin. Give me whiskey minus the nine and a half. That's the way I'm going to roll on this one. All right, we got a we got an ACC battle. Louisville heads to Pitt. And this number is crazy. Louisville now favored by 7.5. It has come down like 2.5 points. Total of 45. It's a 5.30 p.m. Central Time game on the CW. And let's pull this thing up. I've got Louisville favored by 15.26. Situationally, this is awful. Uh, Over the last four weeks, just the last four weeks numbers, Louisville minus 15.91. So not a ton of difference between the full season and the last four weeks. uh, Other than... Louisville's passing defense has kind of kind of dropped off a little bit, but for Pitt, I mean we're we're moving to a backup quarterback here. Uh, the starting quarterback is now a backup tight end 
Um, but again, just like everybody always talks about, this is the spot where Pat Narduzzi shows up with some kind of a game plan because Louisville gave Notre Dame everything that they had last week. That's what you're that's what you're looking for here. I don't think that Pat Narduzzi has enough left in the tank with this team, the way that it is constructed, to be able to slow down a Jeff Brom team. I do not believe it. So you look at these pit numbers on defense. Uh, against the rush, yeah, sure, why not? Number 18, PPA per rush allowed. Number 26, rushing success rate allowed. Uh, teams are running the ball on them 67% of the time. But that's not what Louisville is going to do. That's not where they're going to be uh, their best versions of themselves. Louisville hits big plays throwing the football. As you can see on the screen, number five in passing explosiveness, well, Pitt's defense is number 96. How are they going to be able to stop Plummer in that offense? And running the ball, yeah, Jordan is great. Uh, but are you going to continue to run into the teeth of that defense? And how much does that front seven play back whenever you hit them over the top of something? I, While I do think, obviously, we saw this Louisville team win close games against uh, NC State, who was not good at the time. But I think they're getting better, and we'll talk about that game here in a minute. Uh, I, Derek jumped in. Can Pitt win this game? Like, Louisville played a close, uh, close game with Indiana this season. Look, I think early on in a first-year coach's tenure, you were still trying to figure things out. This Louisville team gets more and more dangerous the longer they go because they get more and more familiar with and they believe more and more in what the coaching staff is trying to do. Right, the, the coaching game plan is way better, and Brahms' teams have always gotten better as the season went along. I, this seems easy to me. Like it, you're, if you are betting on, and I, I think I heard Josh Pate talk about this. Like you're betting on what will happen, not whatever, and that's true. But in this situation, if you bet on Pat Narduzzi and this pit team, you are betting on something that just has not happened yet, and has shown no signs of being able to happen. You've got a Louisville team that maybe is coming off of a, uh, uh, it, we'll call it a letdown. We'll call it a letdown spot. Biggest game in Louisville history last week. Whatever. But, you've got a competent coaching staff with that Louisville team, and you've got some real talent. And I believe that they are going to be able to uh, get a win and a a comfortable win with margin over Pitt. That's the direction that I'm going with it. So, yeah, give me Louisville minus seven and a half uh, because that number has just come down too much. And I, I imagine it'll be below a touchdown, so you might want to be patient and get your number. But carrying on, carrying on, we move to the SEC. Auburn heads to LSU, and the Tigers, the Bayou Bengal version, are 11-point favorites at home. Uh, the number is 61 for the total, 6 p.m. Central on ESPN. And let's take a look. Full season, I've got LSU by 13.15. But you go over the last four weeks, all of a sudden, that thing skyrockets up to about a 20-point favorite, 19.5 for LSU here. Uh, 
look, Auburn's numbers have gotten worse, especially against the pass. Georgia figured out what to do against them. Uh, A&M figured out what to do against them. Yeah, when you don't include games against UMass and, I guess, Cal or whoever, yeah, that's that's going to be an issue. If you look at the last four weeks, again, first, uh, like the whole season here, last four weeks, the offense, still not very good. We'll scroll down so you can see it. This Auburn offense is not good. They will be able to find some holes against this LSU defense, for sure. The issue is they can't stop explosive plays, and LSU is going to be able to hit them, right? You can see on the screen, and let's go and pull up the whole thing, so if people want a screenshot, they can. Uh, LSU, only number 41 in offensive explosiveness. But Auburn's defense, yikes. Like, that's over the last four weeks. That is the recent trend. That is not good. Auburn's defense is just bleh, right? And you would think, especially since they had some success against uh, against Georgia, oh, well, they'll be able to show up here. No, no, this is, this is at LSU. I mean, this is a night game in Death Valley. LSU's going to be stoked to get back home. They, they do not want to go through. They went to Ole Miss and lost. They went to Missouri and almost lost. Now they get to come home against an Auburn team that can't score and can't stop explosives. I think that's all you need to know. Like we can talk about LSU numbers all day long, but fact of the matter is they can score and Auburn uh, can't. So that's an easy pick. LSU minus the 11 for me. Um, I might make that a, a big play. I don't know. I have taken five straight favorites. I'm the underdog guy. What am I doing? <laughs> uh, like the video for me. Subscribe to the channel. Uh, I see multiple people watching, and I appreciate you guys for hopping in with me on a Thursday in maybe the most unprofessional broadcast uh, that we do in these parts. Uh, you know I'm used to the uh, the BetUS side, but this one I do by myself. I, I've got, I switch the screens, and I move things around, and I show you all my numbers and whatever. But I'm just having a good time, and hopefully you guys are as well. Uh, Josh jumped in. DB who? Let's go Tigers. G-E-A-U-X. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, I think LSU is going to bounce back in a big way here. Big, big way. All right. Get a swig of the coffee. All right, we got five more. So let's go on and hit this thing. We got to be fast with them. So that I can get out of here before TJ's show starts. <laughs> Arizona heads to Washington State. Uh, Washington State favored by 7.5, total of 59 on this one. It's uh, 6 p.m. Central Time on the Pac-12 Network. And pull up the numbers here. Full season, I've got Washington State by 6.26. Over the last four weeks, I've got Washington State by 8.64. This uh, Arizona defense is still pretty bad. And situationally, this is a bad spot for Arizona. Uh, Does it hurt Washington State that they lost at UCLA? Yeah, sure. It was the first loss of the season. However, Arizona was never supposed to be in the game at USC. They had a chance to win the game, and they blew it. They should have gone for two in that first overtime. They should have. There's a lot of things that they should have done, but they had the opportunity to win that game, and they lost it. And they played late, and now you got to come back, and you got to go to the Palouse. Uh, Washington State is great there. This Arizona defense over the last four weeks, this is an issue. 
now the rushing success rate, like that's one thing. Washington State doesn't really run the ball that much. 37% of the time, I think they run the ball. Uh, the issue is passing success rate. They're number 88. Um, Washington State's number 19. Cam Ward is going to be looking to get back on track here. This feels very favorite to me. Uh, you see how how that Arizona defense has gone down in the last four weeks. Uh, has not been good. Has not been good. The Arizona offense under Noah Fatita, uh, Fafita, I believe that's his name, Fafita, uh, he is a little bit better. The issue is uh, turnover margin. It's not great. It's not great. Washington State can get takeaways. Um, Arizona, like if they end up playing Jaden Delora, that this number might skyrocket. So you might want to go in and get Washington State now if you like the Cougs. Uh, five factors heavily favors Washington State here. I'm all in, I think, on the favorite here. Uh, I know that it's seven and hook, but I I don't know what other direction I would go here. Uh, you just look at the overall numbers. Yeah, uh, big weakness for Arizona's defense is obviously against the run, but, eh, I mean, that explosiveness, that's a, that's a massive, massive uh, advantage for Washington State. So, give me the Cougars. Minus the seven and a half on that one. And our time, let's keep it rolling. Marshall heads to Georgia State for a Sunbelt Clash. And guys, this one is a straight pick total of 54. It's 6 p.m. Central Time, God's Time Zone on ESPN2. Whew, okay. Uh, let's pull it up. Let's pull it up. Full season, I've got Georgia State favored by half a point. Um, and you guys are going to cackle. Over the last four weeks, we've got Marshall favored by half a point. <laughs> so, the, the biggest, the biggest thing here is this game is an absolute stay away for me because I cannot figure out what to do with either one of these. I don't know what happened to Marshall's rushing defense. Uh, you can see it on the screen. They're number 133 in rushing explosiveness allowed, but they're number 42 in rushing success rate. Uh, I am curious. I need to go and look at PFF and see what their tackling grade is because I'm sure it has to be the secondary just not being able to tackle these running backs that they're facing. Uh, the problem is that Georgia State, over the last four weeks, really good. Number 36 in rushing explosiveness allowed, or not allowed, rushing explosiveness on offense. Uh, Marshall, if they give up big plays, I mean, they could lose to anybody. This Marshall offense is not great. Um, they're not going to be able to run the ball on Georgia State. So, are they going to pass it? Eh, I mean, they're not great there either. This Georgia State team, number 26 in net explosiveness, um, that's a problem because Marshall is number 131. So, uh, okay. I bet on Marshall to win the Sunbelt East. But in this spot, going to Atlanta, after they just played a really tight game with NC State, I think Georgia State is the team that is looking for the bounce back here. Uh, even though my numbers over the last four weeks have Marshall favored by about uh, half a point, I still... Uh, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Okay. Uh, we'll pull this up so that you guys can see the whole thing, if you would like. I think I'm going to ride with Georgia State. 
Give me the Panthers. <laughs> and there's no underdog to pick here. So Georgia State at a pick'em at home. Yeah, I think that's probably the direction I'm going to go. Okay. Let's uh, let's move over to the ACC. That's uh, that sounds like a good idea to me. NC State heads to the Duke Blue Devils, and Duke is a three-point home favorite here. Uh, total of 44 and a half. It's at 7 p.m. Central Time on the ACC Network. Let's see what the numbers say for the full season. Duke minus two touchdowns. I mean, 14.3. Uh, I've got them power rated Duke minus eight. If you look over the last four weeks, now it's Duke minus nine and a half. So, here is what I fully believe. If Riley Leonard is playing in this game, Duke is going to cover the three. If he does not play, I think NC State wins outright. So, the last four weeks' numbers are not going to they're not going to show it. NC State has gotten way better on defense. Against the run, uh, against the pass, they've been a little bit better. There's there's things that work. I think MJ Morris added a ton to this offense. It, he looked last week against Marshall like he should have been starting from the very beginning. I Let's see. I see Old World Jethulu. Uh, Said hello from Utah. Well, hello. It's nice to see you here. We appreciate you. <laughs> um, that's a, from that. I, I just realized I'm going to cut these into segments, uh, and nobody sees the chat on here. So that was on the live chat. Sorry. <laughs> so uh, NC State, I think, is is getting better, and I think Duke. Uh, it was nice to have the off week after Notre Dame, but man. Um, I think they're going to be able to score on Mike Elko's defense. Looking at some of these numbers, they're not great, obviously, because we've only had one week with MJ Morris. But I think I think they can win this game outright. I fully expect them to. I mean, do we really think that Duke is going to be able to go, you know, undefeated the rest of the way if they get Riley Leonard back? Like, no, I don't think so. I think this NC State team is improving. Yeah, that's the way I'm going to go. Uh, we'll pull this up. You guys can look at the numbers if you would like. You can always pause the video, screenshot, whatever you need to. We appreciate that. Okay, and I think net explosiveness. Can I talk now? Net explosiveness um, is the key to the game, to me. I think NC State uh, is going to be able to score some explosive plays against this defense. Duke is number 117 over the last four weeks. NC State number 76 in net explosiveness. I think big plays will be the name of the game. I think NC State can win outright. So that's the direction that I'm going on this one. NC State plus three. And we move on. And we move on. We've got two more that we need to hit. Boise State heads to Colorado State. And the Rams are a seven and a half point home dog. Total of 60 and a half here. It's 8.45 p.m. Central Time on FS1. Let's pull up the numbers. Over the last, well, this is for the full season. It's got Boise favored by four points for the full season. Over the last four weeks, it's got Boise by 5.22. The other two and a half points on this thing, uh, that's just because it's name brand versus Colorado State. 
it's Boise State versus uh, Colorado State. Like Boise State is the name brand in this conference. So let's go and pull this bad boy up. Let's take a look over the last four weeks what has happened. Uh, it, Colorado State can't run the ball, so they're not they're not even going to try. They, they're running the ball like thirty seven percent of the time. Can they throw it on Boise State's defense? And the answer to that is a resounding, absolutely, right. Uh, Boise's defense is just, they're not great this season. The number improved uh, over the past, whatever. If you look at their full season, number 115 PPA per drive, which you can see right over here. But they have gotten slightly better down to number 101, but they went from 1.36 to 1.34. Like, (laughs) it's not not that great. Uh, But they are a little bit better on offense as well. Uh, I think this Madsen kid is, is... really good at quarterback. So we'll see what they end up doing there. Uh, but I kind of like Colorado State's defense too. Like I, I mean, we'll see. But over the last four weeks, passing success rate for Boise is number four uh, to number 113 for Colorado State. I just, I tend to believe that Colorado State is going to hang around in this thing. Boise doesn't feel like they can get margin on anybody. And yeah, there's a lot of things that might lead you to taking Boise in this game But when you look at, like, the five factors rank and whatnot, which is, eh, and you can't see it on that part, so we'll pull it over here. Five factors, I mean, we're not talking a drastic difference here. And this thing is, is like, it's at Colorado State. It's, there's a lot of things that certainly could go Colorado State's way. There's a big difference in uh, turnover margin. Like, Colorado State gives the ball away a lot, <laughs> but they do get a lot of takeaways, so that's definitely good. Um, penalties per game, you could not see a, a bigger, more drastic difference. Boise, number six in penalties per game. at Colorado State, number 133. Uh, still, the Rams at home coming off of just getting their doors blown in in the second half against Utah State. I think they're going to be pissed. They're going to be ready to play, and I don't think Boise can really get margin on teams. So this hook, I think, matters. I'm going to take Colorado State. That's my plan. Colorado State. All right. And finally, our last game on the board, San Diego State. Oh, wait a minute. What's our time? Ah, yes. Okay. And then we'll get out of here. San Diego State heads to Hawaii, and San Diego State is a six-point road favorite here. Total is 53 and a half, and it's 10 p.m. Central Time, God's Time Zone, on CBS Sports Network. Let's look it up. Let's see what we got here, Uh, which, oh, man, of course, I already had it all up there. (laughs) You all see what was happening. Uh, My my numbers for the full season have San Diego State by .17 points, but over the last four weeks, they have San Diego State minus 1.91. San Diego State's defense is atrocious. The problem is that Hawaii's offense is atrocious. The San Diego State offense can handle the one thing that Hawaii uh, can't do on defense. If if San Diego State was going to just throw and if they were going to throw the ball all the time, well, that's one thing. But uh, you look at the numbers. I just the the rushing success rate. Number 122 for Hawaii's defense, number 47 for San Diego State's offense. 
number 53 PPA that's predicted points added per rush on offense for San Diego State to number 132. Like, I, I mean, this is just... This is... It, it, it's awful. It's just awful. So... <laughs> Uh, the five factors certainly lean San Diego State's way. Uh, this is, while my numbers say San Diego State by only like two, I I can't get there. Like, I, I think I have to go San Diego State here. I don't think Hawaii is very good at all, and they have just continued to get worse and worse. Um, over the full season, they were number 122 PPA margin, right? And, and San Diego State was number 121. The difference is, well, San Diego State's defense has gotten worse. Mm. Man, this is ridiculous. I'm sitting here making all these cases for San Diego State, and I think I'm going to take away. I think these two teams suck. <laughs> I'm sorry if you were a fan of either one of them, because this has been brutal. Uh, but, uh, again, look at the numbers for yourself. These are over the last four weeks. I mean, this is points per play margin, terrible. Turnovers, penalties, red zone numbers, points per game margin, available yards margin. Like, I, there's nothing that, that says either one of these teams is going to be able to do anything. So in that case, yeah, screw it. Give me Hawaii. I'll take the dog. Late night, at home, Hawaii plus six. Yeah, they're against the spread numbers at home. have not been great here lately, but it's good enough, I guess. All right, if you want to support the show, buymeacoffee.com slash winningcures is the way to do it. Uh, you can, of course, follow all of my plays. I'll be posting those over the next couple of days uh, before the games start on Saturday for sure. And if, they, if I decide to do something for tomorrow night's games, I'll be posting it on the Telegram. Uh, you can hit it in your browser on your phone, t.me slash GaryWCE. That's the easiest way to do it. There's a link in the description if you want to click that thing. Three Dog Thursday is coming up in the next uh, nine minutes or so. Uh, and don't forget to go back and check out the BetUS College Football Show. We do it live every Tuesday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. But that means that the videos are already up. And if you would like to go and listen to them on the podcast, you can. The BetUS Football Show. If you would like to subscribe to this show, we would appreciate that. For sure. Like the video. Subscribe. Tell your friends about it. All that good stuff. You can get me on the socials. I'm at Winning Cures on Twitter. I am at GaryWCE on the talk and on the uh, gram or whatever the kids say. Don't forget about Ticket Smarter. You see it on the screen. WCE10 gets you 10 bucks off of $100 or more order. And WCE20 gets you $20 off an order of $300 or more. Just go to TicketSmarter.com. Think smarter. Ticket smarter. And with that, it's time for us to get out of here. Ha <laughs> ha. What a week, what a time, what a life, what a everything. Uh, you guys have been fantastic. I appreciate you all for joining me. Uh, Gozerian, uh, Derek, Drew, uh, Old World, all you guys. I appreciate y'all. Come back and let's do it again next week. <laughs> all right. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. God bless college football and hopefully all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for listening to Winning Cures Everything. Make sure and follow me on Twitter, at GaryWCE. If you want to toss in a question, you can email me, Gary at winningcureseverything.com. Make sure and hit that subscribe button, and we'll see you next time. What's 
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.